Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We should have rehearsed that bit. <laughs> All the thoughts you're thinking, but not saying. Stace and I will go ham. We each bring a gem to the table, something we're thinking but not saying. Coming up this app. Oh, they're a larrikin. They're strategic. They're a leader. But you see it even slightly in a woman, and you're like, well, she's a bossy bitch. Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. You're listening to Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girl, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. Hello. Hello. Just welcome to you and your family and your friends and your love and your dog. And I wish I had a dog so bad. Do you know my boyfriend calls dogs woofies? It's so cute. I saw he put something up on Instagram the other day. Of dog Referencing. No, but he wrote the word woofy. Oh, did he? And at first I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, yeah. I remember you saying it. Oh, look at this woofy. I'm like, oh. Woofy. Has he called it that since he was little? I don't know. I think he just calls it that because it's a little woof woof like. I don't know. (laughs) I just. Is it cute or is it me just being loved up? He's a cat man, isn't he? He likes animals. Yeah. He has had cats. But what are you getting at? Don't put people in boxes, man. I'm just saying it sounds like somebody that doesn't have a dog. I don't I know why. I think it doesn't. I think it sounds like a dog lover. It's cute. Yeah. You love a dog more if you call it a puppy or a dog. Did you not get the memo, everyone? <laughs> Any other words? Hey, mate. I'm just sitting here eating my popcorn. Yeah. Aren't you just? Uh, how are you guys going? Hope you're well. Mm. Or even if you're not, that's okay too. You know what I've learned from Oprah yeah. this week um, is when she does Super Soul Sundays, she really talks to everybody. Have you noticed? And she's like, and I've always found that hard because I always am like, hey, guys, as in you listening, mm. um, and I am talking to you. But sometimes, Christy, you get confused thinking it's you, so I make it a little bit more generic. Ah. You know? Well, I'm just never, yeah, I'm not sure. Who are you talking, like whether it's me directing to or the people. Every, but that's what I mean. She never the calls them the people. She's always saying you. As an individual. You listening. Hi. Hello to you. Do you know what I mean? Well, hello to you listening, mm. wherever you are. Yeah. Thanks for listening too. Yeah, we're glad that you're here to join in on the convo. Um, we had a bit of a, I don't know, what happened with um, this particular guest a few weeks ago? Uh, I think she missed her flight or something. Oh, yeah. It was locked in and then um, there was a bit of miscommunication. Where I was thinking it was confirmed, she was thinking it was not, and she was on a flight when we called. Yeah, which is not an ideal time to do a phone podcast. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, we have had her on the show before, though. Years ago. Yeah. When I I remember, um, I remember actually recording the podcast because it was one of the times where you were away because you would normally oh. always record it from where you were. And well, I was I was in Melbourne for the the podcast tour. I was setting up. Remember? That's what it was, yeah, because yeah. I was in Aubrey at the time. Because I, I don't know why. For, I don't remember any other ones that I recorded from out of that Dodge studio. But mm. I remember Samantha Gash was one of them. I remember too yeah. because she was going to, was it South Africa? 
Yeah, on her yeah on one of the running tours. Yes. She's done a few now. Running which is for amazing. change uh, is was what that one was. It's um for Save the Children Australia. SamanthaGash.com is where you can figure it out. Now this particular chick, a lot of you may know a little bit more now because she was recently one of the contestants on Survivor, Riba. Uh, which I'm addicted to. So I was like, hey. I know that girl. Um, and she absolutely smashed it and joins us on the show this week. We are talking to Samantha Gash. Welcome. Oh, well, I wouldn't go as far as I smashed it, but uh, maybe it smashed me a bit. Mate, <laughs> um, the fact that you even got your mug on that island is oh, already man. a win. Can you, su- oh, well. can you sum up the experience in three words? Well, oh. You smashed it by coming out with a boyfriend. I would have oh, thought that yeah. was a fairly <laughs> successful yeah. trip. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it was very... Um, Resourceful of me to come away with that. Um, Not bad. Um, I'm quite verbose. The three words it's going to be tough, but I'll say it was tough. Um, it was. I've got oh, I've got mixed feelings, so maybe we'll go mixed feelings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and not empowering. Not empowering. That's oh. interesting. Mm. Will you talk about this with your gem? Because I'm very intrigued. If not, I need to ask questions. Yeah, no, no, no. It actually kind of comes in my topic. So. Okay. Oh, so good. good. Yeah. I had there was a few mates that were um, that are producers, and I think also were, a couple of them were producers on the show, mm. and they were saying they found the whole um, experience quite. It's quite difficult because you're not. You really are not able to talk to each other. So, if you're mm. on a nighttime shift. You're literally just in the bushes staring at you guys. Like you can't. Yeah. Oh, you can't like, engage at all. No, like other shows, at least you can be like, "All right, how are you going? Like, how are you feeling with this?" And you at least have some kind of interactiveness. But it is also quite, um, quite isolating and full on for a lot of the crew too. Oh, the, the production team do it so tough. I mean, we we get, we're hit with the after effects of the cyclone that hit Vanuatu, and so it was pouring for the first two weeks, like kind of relentlessly, Shit. and. The production team, particularly in the night time, just had to stand there in the rain. Yeah, really. I have a mate and that was one of them. See, that is the side when you're watching the show, you don't even uh, what? you don't I even think he of. Was the one that he was on my island, but um, you, it's a he. It was a he. Yeah, short. No, no, You probably no. wouldn't even know Very their names, tall. would you? Very no, tall. Very tall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You definitely um. You you see them, and sometimes I would you would try and interact with them, but you just got nothing. In fact, once. That's ha- that was hard for him too because he's mm. so personable. He wanted to stunning. say, "Hey, how are you?" Yeah, oh. of course. Oh. It they, they, goes against your human instinct to not when mm. someone's like wanting to talk and it's a lonely kind of environment. <laughs> it goes against you're like it's hard. Definitely, um, but it's hey, they do it tough, and I think it's a different experience than those who are the contestants on the show. Um, but I think they all go through their own period of isolation and also. Um, challenges with re-emerging into like society. So it's just as hard as when you're watching it, you think that it is. Because when I watch it, I'm like, it's what hard, the it's fuck? Harder. Who, it's, it's really? Like, what, this, do you, what was the hardest thing for you, Samantha? The humans on that island. <laughs> oh, you didn't yeah. like, so you, that was hard, that you didn't like them just, or didn't connect? Well, they, didn't quite, they, like them. they quite didn't like you, I think was more the point, wasn't it? No, it's not about, I think, liking or not liking. The point of the show is to for a lot of people, is to get rid of threats, um, and so that's what I mean. Pretty, they were they mm. were pretty clear. I mean, you know, you can't take it personally. Mm. It isn't necessarily about yeah. oh, I don't like you. It's not mm. high school like that. But in a way, it also is. Well, I'm not going to like you because you are a threat to me. I need to move you. You know, it was very yeah. clear that they were onto that from very that's interesting. Early days. As somebody mm. Samantha, you know, well, you, from a, from a viewer, you. 
as somebody who knows what you do, you are a clear threat. You know, like that endurance well, runner, no, speaker, social entrepreneur. Oh, that was oh. what I was going to say. Did you go on with, with attack to knowing that you would be a threat to play yourself down? Yeah, my plan was to kind of go on, um, just say I worked for a charity, um, try and keep my story pretty like similar without saying, and I run across countries to do this. Yes, um, yeah. But I, I think the thing is it's not just your physical um, kind of abilities, but it's also your ability to articulate and communicate ideas and influence others. I think really early on, even though I didn't have a strategy of playing strong, people can pick up when you can communicate and put forward an argument. And I think people would have seen me on that barge at the beginning and would have just thought, oh, she's this little small girl in a pinafore. Awesome. She potentially would be a sheep. I'll just get her to do what I need to do. And then you were. And then when you show anything that's the opposite of that, that becomes confusing. All right, I want to talk about this. This is your mm, gem, right? Like you're going to get into this a little bit. Well, my gem is more about... Um, kind of very early, if you've watched it, you would know that my narrative on that show was about me being a control freak. And that's because in one interview before the entire game started, they asked me something about, you know, like, you know, how, how did you run across India or something like that? And I said, oh, yeah, you know, I wasn't even thinking about it. I just said, oh, I'm a bit of a control freak. And mm. they must have been like, Eureka, we've got her story. And if you've we've ever popped her in the if box, you've there ever we go. Watched Unreal, as oh, in yeah. which is the spin off of Bachelor, and they have like pin boards where they go, She's the, mm. you know, she's the, she's the winner, she's the, she's the hot mum, she's, she's the bitch, she's the. That yeah. is how it works for all reality shows. Everybody oh, gets put into a box, just to let everyone yeah. listening know. Mm. And when I did the audition, they kept going, Well, they worried you're too nice. They kept saying that, and they must. Because they were probably trying to word, get you to be to be the other thing, so then they could fire that I, out well, of you. I, I mean, I didn't have a strong strategy in terms of gameplay. I kind of just thought, well, you know, in real life, I'm I'm good at working with people, and I'm good at um, you know positively influencing people. But so maybe I was a little bit naive. Um, so my kind of topic was more about, you know, I've done quite a lot of talks um, with a corporate speaker since. Survivor. I've had so many women come up to me going, oh, I completely get what you are. I'm a control freak too. Yeah. And I kind of said to them, so what do you really mean when you say you're a control freak? Because I know when I was asked that question and I kind of rebuffed the question by just downplaying everything and said I'm a control freak, I really meant I'm focused, I take charge, I do what I say I'm going to do, I'm determined, all these kind of things, but I downplayed it as women so often do and I kind of, I guess, was quite self-deprecating. It's also, um, yeah, and we will get straight into your, your gem because it is also... Um it's also received really differently if you're a woman or a man. Yeah, I know totally. that yeah. I've been when you pulled, say the same thing. I've been pulled mm. away uh, for being yeah. told off. Not told off, I must say. Actually, my boss is quite um, quite understanding because he, I think, said I'm very similar. But mm. I think the way that everybody around, obviously, he's our boss. Everybody mm. takes it because he's the boss. So they take it better. But at the same time, to some degree, I guess I would be a level of boss in my team and people wouldn't people took it so take it so 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 much more full on to mm. get direction or controlling mm. nature from me than they would from any man that's around me oh, oh it's yeah so interesting because if you actually i mean for anyone who are my friends who it's like an unattractive me. quality you know i spoke oh, about that with gretel colleen remember on the podcast mm. months ago it's so true well it is and 
if you look at my behaviour on that show, there's actually nothing at all controlling about it. I didn't I, think so either. No, no I was never, I, I don't think I was ever bossy. I always spoke really softly. I was a team player when it came to the challenges. Um, but, you know, the, I think women do have it tough in the perception. And, you know, there was many characters on that show, you know, Luke, Henry, who were actually trying to control the way people thought. But Australian society who watched that are like, oh, they're a larrikin, they're strategic, they're a leader. You know, all these kind of funny things, but you see it even slightly in a woman and you're like, well, she's a bossy bitch. So yeah. fun. And you know what I've come to terms with and what Gretel made me come to terms You should go back, Samantha, and listen to that podcast because yeah. Gretel is mm. a fucking boss and she is so practical about this stuff. Um, she A really big realisation after I spoke to her was that you also can't change that. Like that is society to some yeah. degree and you've got to try and make a way, A, to talk about it like this and have conversations to bring awareness, but you also need to find a way to work with that. Otherwise, if you work too far much against it, you end up just exhausting yourself in the fight. And mm. it's it's really hard. It was hard for me to get my head around that because I felt, well, is that just accepting it? But to some degree, you have to accept that society is going to take time to change and that you are unable to, to change it yeah. all. Like, mm. Well, this, this is kind of my takeaway from it. You can't control what other people think about you, but you can um, take ownership of the way you communicate about yourself. So and then so how my is pro- so my problem was yeah. My problem was I gave them that, that narrative. Yeah. I, was, I, mm, I said mm. those words. Like I can't you know, deny that I said them. I said it without thought and consideration, which is, the opposite of how I typically tend to communicate. It was, and it's because yeah. a combination of tall poppy syndrome and also women struggling to like own their strength. How have when you it comes to leadership? How have you gone post show? Because obviously it's something it's been a massive learning curve and mm. lesson and takeaway from you know, that you've been able to you know, grow from? Like, have there been times where you have gone, you know, after the show to say the words control freak and gone, what the, f- oh, where are the, f- yeah, no, I, it, it used to be in my presentations. I used to say that word and I don't, like, it's been such an eye opener for me to see, you know, how negatively that word is used and how also negatively that perception is had on women without well, even right. the word being. Being used. And off the so back of that, let's not make it easy for them. That's mm. right. Or not even easy. Let's not, you know, because how you are in society or how you are defined to be, I think, is very much set up by the way that you you kind of also you don't even need to be saying it sometimes but what you believe is what people are also seeing so it's like if you believe like and I think a lot of that for me like with when we were talking about leadership earlier a lot of that narrative was coming my way because I believed the narrative if I was Mm. a control freak or I was you know bossy or whatever that that was unattractive that I was I was almost insecure in that Mm. whereas now now I feel unapologetic for it. And People sense that though. Yeah, it's because it's changed. Yeah. It certainly changes the mark difference. Mm. It does. But I wasn't saying it as a negative about myself. I, I was. No, but you don't have to be. I think it's also exactly. I, th- I yeah. think it's also just you kind of you you see it as honest empowerment, but at the same time, some of that can be no matter how positive the spin is. Mm. Like you said, if it's actually incorrect. Yeah. And you're saying it, you know, you are like if you're a control freak, but that's actually incorrect with the the word that you're describing what you're doing. Uh-huh. Like, it's yeah, and actually I, I go, not when the, I got home, I actually googled 
what it was and I was like, oh, that's not at all what I meant. It's so important. And, it's um, so important to do to realise what the words we use actually mean. Mm, and I yeah. think sometimes we're told that this equals this or slut equals this, the word slut. And even, you know, like about a year ago on the show, we discovered that the word slut, for instance, the way that it's used and the derogatory way that it's used is very different to what the word actually translates to, which is you've had more than one sexual partner, a.k.a. Mm. we're all sluts. The world. Yeah, mm. <laughs> a.k.a. everybody. So, like, it is, it is, I suppose, that element of, yeah, really taking control and knowing that the, the words that you use, knowing what they actually mean and making yeah, sure that they're right to what you're trying to describe. Yeah, and the effects that you want to be able to have um, when you're describing yourself. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a really big one. And I think as well, um, it's a real Australian kind of tall poppy slash feminine mm. thing that you yeah. play yourself down uh-huh. first, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. So Definitely. we have to in particular be even more considerate of that because in America, everybody's selling themselves. It's true. And, mm. you know, walking around shaking your hand being like you're kind of a salesman for yourself. And at times that can sometimes be over the top, but I think it probably is a better starting point than by selling yourself short i think like so what the too. fuck is the attractive part <laughs> of that it's just it's just it's just debilitating you just start yeah, in minus and who would have thought that my time on that island that would be the most there's, there's two biggest takeaways that i kind of came up with and that was the first one and the second one was i've kind of spent my my adult years choosing to surround myself with really uplifting, um, elevating women. And, you know, I, I work for myself, so I'm not even around toxic work environments. And then I entered what possibly can be the most toxic environment. And I was like, oh, man, no money's worth being around people who are actively trying to tear you down. I was talking about this um, to friends the mm-hmm. other day, and we were talking about the fact that I think it was, oh, that's right. It's a chick that I met and she was from America and we were talking about Trump and all that kind of stuff. And she mm. said, and I, and I was like, what is the general consensus like with people that you know, or people you went to school with, family, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, it's so funny because you think the way that you think um, and your political views and your g- general I'm a good person belief system is reflected in everybody because that's the mm. environment with people that you've surrounded mm. yourself in. But she was like, it's scary sometimes when you zoom out and you look around and you go, oh, the way that I think and all the people around me think is actually quite different to the way that maybe the rest of society thinks. And you can almost protect yourself from the bad sometimes based on the yeah. good people that you've chosen to but have around God, you. And, but thank God you do. Yeah. Because it's like if you have ended up with a group of friends because you just happen, they just happen to be in your life and you're not actively choosing them every day, then you're in trouble because you will then become them. You know, like, oh, that's a big one. That is a What's the Oprah one. saying? You're the, the sum of the five people you um, choose mm. to you know, hang out Spend with. Spend the most time. Surround, yeah. sound, sound, surround yourself with. And I definitely... Could be family, friends, partner, could be mm. anything. You know, you I, will become those five people. Without even realising yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, and so I walked away from that show going, how grateful am I of the people that I have chosen consciously to engage with and, and not saying that these people are like that in you know it's obviously very different like interplay when you're on a game of survivor and it just because someone plays in a certain way it doesn't necessarily mean they're that in the real world but that i chose to put myself in that world and it's kind of quite incongruent to 
what I normally like to when do. When that choice is taken away, yeah, it's an interesting how, exercise. Yeah, how weird was it? Like, so did Mark, you're obviously in a relationship with him now. Mm. Um, yeah. Did he fit into that in the real world? Because it's interesting, no matter who you present to be in that environment, as you said, it's very different to jumping out. Um, and mm. I still kind of only imagine him kind of, I don't know, like just killing animals in someone's backyard and like he's just very like Tarzan-like. Um, but like, that's just what you can – how do you even imagine some of those characters that they play out on the screen in their real life? Like it's really stripped of any kind of reality really, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's very – remember they are showing these one-dimensional – No, I meant for us. Obviously yeah, it's different on the outside. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But um, was that – is that being – obviously if you're still in it, it means that that was something that was aligned with your actual real lives? In terms of the way you talking about Mark and myself, yeah, your yeah. values and the people that are around you and all that so stuff. He, that- yeah, really early on in the game, I had a conversation with Henry where I kind of knew that he was not playing a, you know, no one's playing really a hundred percent honest game. But oh, that's I, right, you were on to him about the yoga. Was that you? Yeah, yeah, and a couple oh. of other things. And and on day, so just two, to give anyone that hasn't watched yeah. or isn't watching it an update, Henry is at this point probably one of the more stronger characters. Well, so he mm. thinks, and so the na- narrative. We're is getting that the one is. with the long hair? No, yeah, yeah. Does he have long hair? Yeah, yeah long hair, tie back. Yeah. Normally he, in a man bun. Right, yeah, he's yeah. pretending to be a yoga teacher and he in fact <laughs> isn't. But fuck, they're giving him a real support because then they also threw, and it's very sad that his mum died, but Jesus Christ, just as you put him as the villain, there's, they've thrown mm. in this heartfelt... Moment. He's for always him. on the ads. I don't even watch. I don't. I so, tune in every now and then, and I know who Henry is because he's well, on all well, of the ads. He's been a real fucking little shit and yeah. just well, played let, everybody. Let have, and they haven't aired any yeah. of the. They, oh. Like they, as soon as you start to dislike him, they throw in a bone. Oh, my mum died, and everyone loves him again. Which again is very sad, but it, it was very yeah. interesting. He fucked over his best mate in there, and then they just start. They give the heartstrings, and you're you're well, off on another path with that bloke. Yeah, well, on um, kind of what they didn't show. Obviously, it's all for them editing. It's conscious choice. But on day two of that game, um, I confronted Henry about a couple of things that I caught him lying on. And we're yeah. in the water. Yeah. Five cameras are around us. And Henry's like, oh, you've busted me. I'm playing the ladies game. And um, he's like, wow. I really want to be in a power oh. couple with you. He goes, I'm going to tell you something <sighs> that I'm not going to tell anyone else because I want you to trust me. My mum died a couple of weeks ago. So you knew. And so, so I knew, but I didn't. It was really hard. I didn't know what I could believe. Oh, um, what a weird Imagine it. Weird day thing. two. Day two, you've already caught him lying, and that's the story that he tells you to get your trust. And that's kind of how, after that moment, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't know if it's true, but what I do know is I don't think I can interact with this person because I just don't know how this dialogue is going, it's really confusing and it's just making me feel really uncomfortable. So that is actually when I kind of looked at the group of people that I was on that island with and I was like, you know what, that guy, Mark, tall guy, there's something about him that's very authentic and genuine and he's, he's really introverted. But I said, you know what, I'm actually just going to spend time getting to know him because if I'm going to last in this game, you, you need to be able to trust people. And so we kind of developed just a really good friendship and alliance um, and that's all it was, like, on the island. Um, and, yeah, I guess that's where that divide came between, like, Henry obviously revealed quite a bit to me. And, you know, I'm shocked they didn't show it in the edit because, you know, Henry said in that, like, scene, like, just the other day, I haven't told anyone this. Well, I knew from day two. 
Been, and I actually wow. had to sit there on that island listening to him to listening to him speak to Jackie going, oh, I can't wait for you to meet my mum when we get off the show. <gasps> that is so intense. Yeah, and it was for me, I was just like, I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this world? Like, it was really hard for me. And um, I almost feel like on that day too was almost the beginning of the end of my experience. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And well, I think- I'd go absolutely bonkers in one of those environments. I could not handle it. I don't know how I'd go. On one side, I think I'd fu- I could win, and then on another side, I reckon I'd be shocking. I because your integrity is so at play. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. But then, like, of, but know, then I feel sometimes it, it can be a, a a negative. Sometimes that's my point. Yeah. So like you, the more genuine you are, the yeah, less you'd have to go in with all things at the door. But that's yeah. hard because then you can. Oh, that's tough. Oh my god! It's tough, all right. but we, you know, we you have to always take because a lot of people are like, oh, why'd you do that to yourself? And you know, you gave so much control over to you know the producers and how they edited you. And I said, at the end of the day, I'm never one to downplay having a unique experience. And even if that unique experience doesn't, you know, turn out the way that I thought it would, um, I always kind of go, well, what what are the positives that I can learn about myself from that? And maybe share, a, you know, a couple of those. So I feel like I've been able to do that. It sounds like you've done exactly what you set out to do. So well, that's a bloody good thing. Were you single for a long time, Samantha? Or were you looking for someone? Or what's the deal there? No, no, Not I wasn't really. looking for someone. Um, yeah, had, had been in a relationship earlier. So, no, romance was the last thing that was on my mind at that point. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. It's funny as well how your integrity took you to somewhere that actually planned like ended up being something else do you know what i mean like i, know. It's I, mean, I just so would never have thought i would go on <laughs> the show survivor where you know romance and sexuality is actually the last thing from your mind you it's you're so consumed with strategy and, and um the interactions and interplay of every other human that you just don't think that it's like the furthest from your mind and it was only when we you know, I guess I was fortunate that Mark was booted two days after me. And then we kind of, you know, got together and had chats about the game. And that's when, you know, I guess a real friendship developed and then something romantic kind of flowed from that. But it was, it took us, you know, time to work out who we both were. And, that's what I mean. Um, wow. He was the only person I was, he was the only person I was honest with in terms of like, I never lied on, um, like on the show, but I didn't reveal a couple of things. And yeah. Mark was someone, that I revealed everything with. And he actually, I don't think he comprehended what I was trying to tell him that I did. He's like, oh, she sounds like she likes to run. Um, <laughs> and he, yeah, so it was afterwards, I was like, no, like, I really, I really, I really run. run. You know? I really run. Yeah, I'm an endurance yeah. runner, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. That is so like that, you know, that, that saying where it's like, oh, well, love will, you know, when you, the moment that you're not looking, it'll pop up. Like you, that could yeah. not be any more true to that saying, which is like you're yeah. going on an island with no toothbrush, like, you know, no, no tampons, no makeup, like no mirror, and then, you know, like with all of these people with no showers and then he just finds love. So oh, and very yeah, good. And as I said, like not on, on it and it was, it was kind of uh, – and he was living in New York at the time. So like when he kind of got back, we were both in Australia for a bit, then he moved kind of back in the States and then we travelled there for a bit. So it was just like, you know, I had you know, quite a chaotic and fun time since the – the show's finished, but I remember when we first connected um, and I was still having, like, the worst diarrhoea ever post-show. <laughs> and, like, you know, you'd kind of 
look at each other, have a slightly romantic moment, and I'm like, oh, I've got to go to the toilet. <laughs> it's already at that That's point. That's so hot. Your, 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 you your, your realities have just come in so quickly. But that's, um, yeah, that sounds, it sounds fun too. It sounds like you've been in both individually and your personal lives, like your real lives in good places as well. Like you're kind of having a bit of an adventure, which is. Yeah, well, we're very similar people um, in kind of our our values, even how we operate uh, on a professional level. And then like some parts of like, like, we're so different as well. So I think. The two of us, you know, obviously he was in the SAS and some of the, we both like to be doers, not talkers. And I think yeah. we have that real similarity between the two of us. If we believe something really deeply and passionately, like we'll put ourselves on the line for it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big yeah, that's conversation going around at the yeah. moment in my life. Um, mm. Speak less, do more. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh my there was God, a, one of the guys on the island said, "You've got two um, two ears and a mouth. Use them in proportion." Mm. Two ears and a, yeah, right. Yeah, very good. That's a good saying, isn't it? Um, oh, like, let's not even talk about AK. Anyway, so <laughs> actually, um, let me. I want to say one thing. AK is actually one of the most genuine, awesome guys in real life. Why has he come across like a douche? Because I don't even know this, but Stacey's making a face like he's a douche. Ah, he's actually, I mean, he obviously went in playing hard. He really wanted to play the game. but I just don't like lazy people. Oh, okay, wait a second. Wait one ticky. That time when they attacked him for being lazy, it was only two people who were standing up and there were six people laying down, including AK. Why is AK the only one talked about being lazy? Yeah, I've been sucked in. You've been sucked in. But I, often, but I, some I, of the editing was point they would look at AK, then they would. Um, you know what? I don't get sucked do a in shot from to a rat anything. But you get AK. sucked in from that show. I enjoy getting sucked in from it. I like. Yeah. Oh, I mean that's the whole thing. Yeah, Lose I like control. it. I do. I like it. The I only really other like person it. I know on the show is Jericho. Yeah. Do you know Jericho? He's a mute. Like, what no. do you mean? He's, uh, Jericho and Henry were getting very good runs in the ads, so that, oh, that's all yeah. I know. But he was oh, like, Jericho I've got a stash of cookies, and that's all I yeah. know. And I was like, this guy seems like a real lol. The poor <laughs> bastard's been looking for a, a like a, an idol that Henry sent him on, which he's already yep. found. Oh! Yep. Henry's a real fucking <laughs> player. Like, he's like, here, I've got a clue for you. I've got your back. Oh. Then poor Jericho's like in the bush <laughs> looking for this fucking idol, and Henry's like, ha, ha, ha. Henry sounds like camp. a real, uh, what's the word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a mind fuck. But, um, wow. but great television. Oh, I, I mean, wow. the production. Yeah, great television. Yeah, it, it is. is great television. Incredible. And all I said, it's so interesting on that show because the whole world of social structure is completely different than in the real world. It doesn't matter what, and this is the cool thing about the game, it doesn't matter yeah. what you've done or who you yeah. are in the real world. You can create it. The person it. that you are mm. in the game can just like completely change that dynamic. Oh, I love it. That's what I love about it. It's, it's very all, cool. It's all, yeah, it is very cool. Um, and I think Australia Survivor, they've done they've done it really well. Like yeah, they've done it, you know, so a lot of kind of shows we get, they kind of buy from overseas and bits and pieces. Do the I pod quite version. enjoy it. Well, yeah, sometimes the budgets aren't exactly that great. But it looks, but I feel like the challenges have dropped. Anyway, we could go on for days. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Um, <laughs> let's get on to some other topics, Merce. Sure. What do you want to bring? I just want to chuck in there. Um, my gem today, which is the fact that uh, about a week ago I went away on a winery tour and played a drinking game sober. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that first? Hey. Do you want to go now? Yeah, I'll, I'll just – this will be a quickie. And very soon I will talk about uh, exactly what went down at the hospital that day a few months ago that yeah. I've been diagnosed with and I want to drop drop what, what all the info about it because I know a lot more now. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, are wanting to know about that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Coming up next. <laughs> have we hooked you in, Sam? Are you still yeah, there or are you in a tornado? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh, I'm standing too much on the, a country road you know, just outside of Foster, New South Wales. You oh, know, beautiful. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Um, so I've been um, sober for coming up to 11 months now, Sam. Yeah. And it does. It- it's funny because I have shared a lot about this on the show and on the podcast and stuff, and that is the fact that um, I did have issues with booze and with control. And from the moment that I first started drinking, I realised, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, I love the feeling. Oh, I love being wasted." Oh, blah blah. But I knew, as a sixteen-year-old, deep down, that I loved it more than everybody well, I else. Never thought that. And when you said yeah. that to me the other day, I like alcohol, but I never thought. I love the feeling of being wasted. And you know what I love the most was this feeling of being out of control. Yeah. I love that. That was the worst Yeah. Thing. And for a lot of people, it is the worst part. Yeah. But for me, that was the best part because I loved almost being taken away from yourself and your own thoughts. And I suppose when you're in a place where you don't like yourself that much or um, – I don't know. You the, you want to be almost distracted from from where you really are at. Then booze is uh, an option, a really unhealthy option to be able very, to do that. Right, a very easy one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is only stuff that I'm learning now after you know, like doing it for ten years, really, really unconsciously. So sometimes you, you know, it's been like a bit of a over the last almost year of having these moments where I'm like piecing together the puzzle because for a while I just was able to excuse it. I wasn't drinking Monday to Friday. I wasn't, you know, in a park with a brown paper bag, you know, swigging, you know, out of a cask. So I wasn't, I'm not a stereotypical alcoholic and I think it's a lot easier for ourselves and society to excuse it if it doesn't look a particular way. Um, but anyway, so the last 11 months I actually feel the best I've ever felt in myself ever in my whole life and even though there's I don't know a lot of change and shit going on around me um, in the last couple of months I feel quite still and settled in myself which is a really nice place to be and I feel like um, I feel like even around booze now it's not something that I'm like I'm not craving or wishing that I could have a glass at the beginning it was absolutely that Mm. and it was that was really hard but now I feel as though I've created almost new habits and patterns for myself and and probably rewired my brain in a way where it's I'm not missing feeling as though I'm missing out because I I feel like the reward and the feeling of of uh, being proud of myself and putting myself first outweighs that temporary Saturday night feeling like I want to fit in with everyone 
So that's why going away last weekend with a girl from work that I didn't really know all that well, I hadn't hung out with her that much outside of work. She said, oh, I'm going away for my birthday and there's about seven of us, you know, why don't you come along, meet everybody, we're doing a winery tour. And I was like, okay, this will be interesting because I'm sober Susie and I don't know these people so they don't know my backstory. Whereas if it was some Tell of Tell my- everyone listening what you thought could be the, the reason that she invited you. Yeah, I did think at first I'm like maybe she wants me there so I can be the driver. No, seriously. I know. Because I, she's like, maybe we'll get a van. But she was talking about a van. And, and then I kind of, after she invited me, and I wrote on the, the Facebook feed, I said, oh, well, I can, I'll drive the van, you know, because I'm sober. And she's like, oh, that'd be so great. And there was this little voice at the back of my head where I was like, maybe that's the that's the only reason she's invited. Maybe she doesn't, doesn't really want me there. Maybe she's just invited me because it's convenient because I'll drive because she knows I'm sober. It's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous because then after that, there was one other person that's like, yeah, I'll drive. You know, I'm fine to be sober. So it is. Like it still plays out. Although yeah. I'm like, I feel so good, blah, blah. Like there's still that little voice of doubt somewhere in the back of my mind that plays out with little things like that. And I guess when we lost Samantha, yeah, you still there, Sam? I'm here. Uh, I guess when there's when there's people that you really that know you and know this the hashtag journey or story over the last year and a bit. um, I thought, oh, you know, that would be easier. But the fact that I don't know these people, and I'm like, how how much do I tell? You know, if they're like ask a simple question, like, oh, how do you not? How come you're not having a drink? I'm like, how. How far do you go? Like, do I tell but the whole why story? Do you, why do you need to tell the whole story? Yeah. Like, why, like, that's what I think sometimes you, I don't know, and I think people get into this thing where it's like, I don't even know, and this is to be really blunt, Yeah. I don't think anyone even really cares. Mm. Like, I, I, I agree with that. I just yeah. think that if you're not making a big deal about it, making makes it seem like you're defined by being a drinker or not a drinker, mm. and it's just a part of, the choice you're making at this point Which in your life. It takes time and- to realise, but I do think, yeah, I think like we were speaking about before with Samantha's gem, what you put out is what people will accept. I and think if- I think for a long time I, were, I would lie, especially in the first few months of being sober, and I worked a lot with my therapist on this, um, I would lie about not drinking. I'd be like, oh, I'm driving today, or oh, I don't feel that well, or whatever. And I think I hid away from the actual reason that I wasn't drinking, so it took a lot of work to get to a place where I felt safe to be like, yeah, I'm not that great on booze. And but I be think, and, and own why. But what we've realised as well with your form of communication, I think, is you get a bit defensive. And that's something mm. that we've, we've even you and I have talked about mm. in the last few weeks is that even when you say it, well, I don't drink booze and you kind of need it. It's like um, there's not a middle mark. And I think that comes from, again, like mm. we were saying for the first gem, you actually truly being comfortable with it because that's also like, well, what do you, you know, what are you asking for? I'm just going to shut this down. Like it's kind of an interesting bit where the middle mark of, I don't know, opening up to those that you feel comfortable with not opening up to those that you don't. Mm. It's uh, it's an interesting one. It's interesting, but I do think it comes back to that uh, first gem. Of that it was less of shutting it down and more of like spewing out everything, I feel. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, all in all, I was very uh, – and at first I was a bit like not nervous about it, but I was like this would be interesting. I haven't done a, a winery tour. Like obviously been out, I've been to Mardi Gras, I've been to a nightclub or whatever, which is obviously very focused around booze. So I've, I've clocked that very easily. But there's easily. other things on offer. Like yeah, the dance yeah, yeah. Floor. And that's why I was yeah. like, oh, this will be interesting. Yeah. And you know what? Because the whole thing obviously is focused around wine. And I, and I actually – 
had so much fun. Like it was the best weekend and doing the actual wine tastings, I am genuinely interested in wines and still asking them, oh, so where, so what kind of wines are you famous for? Can you describe this and that? Or art speaking to the winemaker? Yeah. Or there's a little, you know, they've got artesian cheese shop or chocolate shop over the road. So I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'll meet you guys back here in 15. Like it, you can define it for, uh, in like in your own way. I felt as though just because you're doing a winery tour doesn't mean you have to drink wine. Obviously, most people would. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, it was easier, way easier than I thought it would be. And I think it's also really good to, um, I don't know, get perspective of your problem too mm-hmm. because as much as it, at times it would have felt like it completely took over your life, that you were the most awful person, you would have had all this shame on a lot of different things that you did over the years. But the fact that you're in a position that can go in, ask questions, go across the road, some people couldn't even walk into a place like that. What do you mean? Some people couldn't walk. If some people couldn't walk into a winery place and spend a day there without actually ending oh, up yeah. having a drink. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's the other flip side of that to say as well that you've got you've got this kind of in check, and also that's really a great thing mm. that you've got the ability to do that too. I felt proud of myself not just for doing it, but actually enjoying it too. Yeah, but I yeah. think further than being proud, also grateful that you're in a position where you can. Mm. because a lot of people struggle from addiction and have it from this completely other side Mm. where they don't have a choice to go to that stuff. Mm. And I know it's hard to get to a gratitude place when you've got so many hurdles in the way, but I reckon that's something to aim for because I think it's a really, really great thing Mm. that you've got the ability to do that because not everybody does. Have you found yourself um, saying no to going to events? alcohol involved? No, never. I've never once done that in 11 months. And that is something that I'm like, I think is really important because I feel as though that, that it would be quite easy to do. And there have been times, actually, no, I was going to say there have been a few times where I pushed through and just gone, but you know what? I actually cannot think of one where I felt like, Ugh, I've got, like I, I genuinely just enjoy being around people, like being a dickhead, like on the dance floor. Or, and, and I think, defi- yeah, really... Um, but it does tell you that that may also mean that you've got you've got it in check and that it's something that was not an I'm not trying to make it sound like it was easy to cap but it also means that you I don't know you've been able to really get on top of it and that's kind of contained. Mm. Yeah, I guess every everybody's yeah, as you say addiction is different. And yeah. like your your ability con- to control it is different. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not somebody that would because you didn't know how that was going to play out for you. No, because I'd never been in a position exactly. where I'd ever been designated driver or but ever my, been. I sober. think my point is sometimes before you go in and try and get better at things, you don't. You think that the road is going to be horrific. Mm. And my point is, funnily enough, for you, and mm. as you're saying, mm. it hasn't been a horrific road. It's been the opposite. Exactly. It's made me actually a better, more confident, more um, self-loving person. But what a thing to be grateful yeah, for. Stunning. You know, like. Yeah. Because fuck, that can be a very different road for a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you have, have Samantha? Have you? Have there's been a thing where have, can you relate to this at all? Or are you a person that doesn't I, really kind of have that addictive personality? I have a massively addictive personality. Um, yeah, right. But I, if we're talking about like drinking for that, for example, because I'm so often in training for big projects, yeah. there, there's periods where I, I just have to consciously go, okay, I'm, I'm not drinking right now. It's going to take me 10 steps back. Um, 
so then and then I'll still try and do the socialising things that I want to disconnect from my social world, even if they're still, you know, consumed with drinking and going out late. Um, I think it does, to me, it makes other aspects of my life I'm a higher priority at times. So if an event is solely about drinking, um, I probably enjoy it a little bit less. So that's why I'm actually, it's really, I guess, impressive to hear your story where it hasn't stopped you at all enjoying the event, even if you're not doing the thing that you used to do. Yeah. Um, that was so integral to that event. Um, but yeah, I... I guess I have an addictive personality, but on the flip side, I also then like to, um, <laughs> I don't want to use the word control, but I also like to master the addiction and turn it into the thing that I care the most about. So and I, will I think be being able my... to control from that perspective is not a bad thing. You know what I mean? No. Like not a bad thing to be able if to control it's... your environment if it's for your own benefit. Absolutely. My um, first time I did a 100k race, I said to myself that as long as it took me to do the 100k race, I was going to go to Revolver the next weekend. (laughs) For those playing (laughs) at home, is that what would you say? Like a. It's just a dirty, dirty. It's a a big, dirty (laughs) nightclub that you go to at probably 5 a.m., yep. Yeah, and it just, you know, gets good at, you know, 5 a.m. Yeah. And so this is maybe eight years ago or seven years ago, and I, I had these. 18 hours running on the trails and then 18 hours at Revolver the next weekend. Holy and, shit! And it was and it was both extreme environments. And at the end of that extreme two weekends, I was like, actually, what did I enjoy more? And that was when things started to change for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. What a way to learn that, though. But that's good. Like, <laughs> it's a good question to ask. What did I prefer? Mm. It's like, yeah. I mean, I was so confronted that be... I like Saturday nights in, and it's like. Uh, if that's what you like, that's what you like. Fuck. We need to get onto my um, gem because we're yes. going to have you yes. for like seven hours. It's just been <laughs> such an interesting convo and Philip has been absolutely useless. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't listened Where's to one fucking, yeah. one fucking alarm of his. Um, so a few months ago I spoke about on this podcast um, – about how I end up in hospital randomly one morning. And mm. we should put in the show notes, we'll actually put a link to that particular podcast so you can go back and listen um, to what went down because I don't think it's worthwhile repeating the whole thing. But it's um, it was basically a hospital trip which was completely too unbeknownst to me that I would ever, ever be in an emergency room on a Monday morning from pain that I was passed out from in on my bathroom floor. And so you go into hospital not knowing any, you know, having any idea of, what it could be, but two weeks before that, we did a show um, on our everyday podcast on our radio show, um, and an entire hour dedicated to endometriosis. Mm. And it was so interesting because I always think that your body knows everything. Your body knows what's going on, and over the years, I've realised the more queasy or the more uncomfortable I get about something, it's obviously trigger- triggering something that's going on. And that conversation, there were some parts of it across that hour that made me really uncomfortable. I a could see bit. you. I could see you across the desk as we were doing the show when we were talking to people describing the symptoms of endo. We were talking to lots of different listeners, guy, you know, men and women, talking about women in their lives that have endo. And I could see you over there. You were super uncomfortable, squirming yeah. almost, like yeah. at the pain, at the conversation. Conversation, And I still at that point was like, wow, this would be so hard. But at the back of my mind, I think I was relating to something I didn't even know I had. 
Uh, cut to a couple months later. It was probably about three weeks ago I went to a gynecologist. I didn't have um, the the surgery that you have to get the official uh, diagnosis, but I did have an internal with a yeah. person that specialised in endometriosis. And on her opinion, she said, yep, yeah, okay, you've got – you do have some dose of um, endo. Wow. And, was, and was diagnosed with that. And it was interesting because I got to the car – and I burst into tears, like the kind of tears that you have that almost taste clear, like because they're coming out so fresh and so raw um, and you're just, you're, you're bursting into tears. You're not kind of letting it come. Like it's coming out straight up because I was so, 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 so sad that for such a long time I had, I had, I had had pain and I hadn't addressed, not addressed it. I hadn't – what's the word I'm looking for? You'd suffered through it. I hadn't acknowledged it. Mm. And and I would say – I would be in, in tears, you know, deciding whether I should take Nurofen or Panadol or not because I didn't really like to do that in meetings, you know, where I'd need to kind of lay down in between on the couch out the front of the studio laying down before I did an interview where people were coming up, do you want a heat pack, do you want this, do you want that – And there was all women around me that were going on with their day, were getting their periods, going on with their lives and not experiencing that pain. And for some reason, I just thought that was just what you did, what you got. And especially with endometriosis, I also thought that if I wasn't in hospital, Mm. then it meant that I mustn't have a problem. It just was extreme period pain. That in itself is a full-on thing. Yeah, and I it's what been 15 years since I got my first period and I've had pain since I was in high school. And seeing you go through that, you know, most months, there would be, you know, you'd be really severely bloated or like, yeah. you know, be asking everyone around the office, you know, can I have, I mean, so much pain, how many of these can I have, these Nurofen, how strong are they? Like, And it did almost become normality, like as someone that's around you all of the time, you know, the first few times – you know, maybe there was a comment that I, I made, I don't know, where I'm like, wow, that's full on or, geez, you know, that's intense or, you know, let me know if you need me to need anything or something. But then after a while, when that's happening on the reg, you, uh, even even I on. just with it, there was a level of acceptance where I was mm. like, oh, well, Stace just gets bad periods. She's, all, you know, all right with it. So I guess, well, there's nothing I can kind of do. And you just kind of move on, which is – shit ass and even I feel a level of almost responsibility and a bit of guilt you know because it's like how can you not you know how can that be so normal for someone to be in such pain where they're like actually on the you know on the floor like uh, in pain before you go and do the radio show and then I the, I just accepted that that was just who you were oh and what God. you went through but then again from this bloody podcast that we're talking about with Samantha from the very first gem we spoke about it's like it's like what you put out is what people accept and I just went on and would just accept it and just kind of I was the one that was saying it was fine, it was fine. We, and um, yeah, our bodies give us such clear indicators and I think sometimes we don't trust it enough to tell us signs of something that looks wrong. And um, yeah, I mean, how long did you go through what you went through before you actually sought treatment or sought a diagnosis? Well, it was been since I got my first period and I it took me to be hospitalised and passed out where I called an ambulance for me to go to a gynaecologist. So extreme. That's, I mean, that's madness for how long. Your entire life, you know, time frame my, that you've my had entire menstruating, life. you 
you have been going through something so extreme and you thought it was normal or you thought you weren't normal or maybe you were not strong enough to be able to endure like what might be someone else is going through. Yeah. I'm a big believer in the root of the problem and emotion and I and you know over the next um the next little bit listening carefully to our radio show and other mm-hmm. things we're going to do because I am going to try and cure my endometriosis in a natural way. I don't know how that's going to go down for people that obviously suffer from different levels. My um, my my level is, I think, something that probably can be curable. And I've been told with herbs and diet um, and different types of therapies, um, acupuncture's also been in there, um, that it is, in fact, curable. So mm. watch this space if you are somebody that does suffer from endometriosis. Because there's no, um, there is no cure for endo, is that right? Well, you can get operations to help the pain. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm not at that point, yeah. I don't think. Um, I My pain does alleviate with pain medication. Mm-hmm. I just choose a lot of the time I've chosen not to take it because I don't like taking it. And my, my issue with that and my big wake-up call to myself was if I don't like taking pain medication and I'm a person that believes in getting to the root of a problem and understanding what the emotional cause of that is, mm-hmm. then why the fuck did I not look into this? Like it is... Every part of my life, I live differently. But when it comes to periods, I just didn't live the same values, the same way that I lived the rest of my life because somewhere we're told that period pain is supposed to be hard Mm. and it isn't. You wouldn't be the only one though, I think. But that's what we have to learn. Yeah, we've got to change that. I'm a person that goes and acts on everything. I fix, I try and get to the core of everything. You do. So if I don't want to take pain medication, the other option for me was just to be in pain. Mm. What the fuck? It doesn't even make any sense to who the core of who I am. Mm. And it's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying knowing you and knowing how proactive you are and how um, holistic you are in thinking about your your own body and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, knowing that's the kind of person you are and you still ignored it, let alone somebody that might not even be starting to think that way. So you may not be able to afford all these nutritionists, but you might be able to afford a night out. So make sure you be thinking about that because these are the priorities of you looking after yourself. But we will be doing some work um, and following my my journey with trying to heal myself. Mm. And, um, and hopefully you can come along for the ride, even if you don't have endometriosis and you have bad period pain you can start to explore that a little bit um and we will be yeah be covering that so maybe you can play along at home i really do need to stay before we start this kind of journey as well um I do know that I don't have the worst case of endo, but I will not be silenced because I don't have the worst pain. Like I think for a little while I did also think that I couldn't speak up about um, about this and what I'd gone through. And I also don't think I went and asked for help or went, went to explore it because I felt like you needed to be at a certain pain level to have endometriosis. Oh, God, so that's I am, up. I am on the on I'm, – I'm not one of the worst ones. But that doesn't mean... No, you have endometriosis. Yeah, That's but, it. but my point is all the stuff I go through may not be stuff that can cure you. I understand that everyone will have different things. Right. So I'm not looking to say that everybody will be able to be cured in the same way. Mm. That's not what this is about. Mm. It's just about me doing my stuff and doing it as, public as I, publicly as I can so people don't leave it so long to look into this is the point. So watch this space for that. It's such an important thing to share. Mm. Yeah. And it's... It's so shitty and it, yeah, 
but but in in such a, a positive way, opening up this dialogue and this conversation. Whenever we speak about endo, the amount of people that connect is just crazy because there's obviously for a really long time has not been any kind of space for people of endometriosis of all extremes and of mm. all variations to be able to share. Mm. So I think in a way it's really great that not only have you shared that, yeah, I've got endo, so there's the label, but then also your type too because yeah. it's obviously not just, you know, as everything we talk about, it's not just pop it in a box. Also, we will be covering all kinds of different angles and if you are a person like Christy that's watching somebody go through it, we're going to cover that journey too. Because yeah. I think as women, we all need to be very, very on top of each other. I knew she'd carked out. Very on top of each other to make sure that we're checking our health. Well, that was Samantha Gas. Anyway, thank you for your uh, input, Sam. Yes, thank you. Nah, she was busy. Endurance athlete, social entrepreneur, speaker. Yeah, you can check her out on Insta, Samantha Gash. Mm. Um, all right, well, that's the Do you know when we spoke to her, done. she, I was so long. She was um doing this crazy BMX bike ride through mountain ranges. Today? And someone, yeah, and someone had fallen off their bike and got really injured, so she was helping them. And her phone was out of communication or out of comms, as she said. She's a real spirit of the human, isn't she? She is. It's a different kind of life. She's a different person. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's a she's a human of the earth. Mm. What? What is she? I don't know how to put her... Well, I don't know how to describe it. I think that's the point. You can't describe it, can you? Because you shouldn't put people in boxes. Mm. Oh, we just covered that. Yeah. All right. Good to chat, guys. Ooh, I need that a, was a big one. It was a big one. I feel tired. You need a cuppa and a lie down. We don't have any donuts left, do we? No, we ate them all last night. I've got some nuts for you. Some you nuts think that and, you mix uh, it with popcorn that it becomes more fun, but I must admit it does. It does. Yeah, I've been mixing like Cobb's popcorn and a handful of almonds because it yeah. salts the almonds but too. But enter this endo bloody journey that we're about to go through. I can't eat hot fucking shit now. You can eat nuts though, can't mm. you? Yeah. Well, They're not TBC. inflammatory. Um, but on that, we will be making a big announcement, I think yes. maybe this week by the time this goes yeah, up. Yeah, we'll be knows, this week, yeah. Um, on how we're going to uh, track this journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it'll be really easily accessible to you. So make sure that you are liking us on the Thinker Girls Facebook page um, and make sure you tag anybody that remotely is suffering from pain or potentially um, has endometriosis or someone that can relate to this because they're going to want to uh, follow the journey that I'm going to go on. Absolutely. Mm. And as you said, even people that know people that are going through it to be able to know how to be there to support Yeah, because that's a hard thing too. Well, I'll learn that. I've got no idea at the moment. Yeah. It's true. Okay, well, stay tuned for that. Uh, any other podcasts that you might want to catch? Nicole Livingston was on the show recently. Um, Kat Stewart has popped by. We've also Maz had Compton. Maz Compton spilled the beans on some celeb stories that she wrote in her book. There's lots of different uh, episodes that have gone up over the past month or so. So make sure that you do head to thethinkergirls.com.au and check them all out, as well as our radio show, Weeknights from 7pm on the KISS Network. Till next week, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. Were you part of this convo and want more? Yeah. Join our Thinker Girls posse on Facebook, Instagram, or thethinkergirls.com.au. Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 